Welcome everyone to the latest episode of the Untitled Nick Cage Show. I am one of your hosts, Larry. And I'm one of your hosts, Rachel. <laughs> How are you doing, Rachel? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about this movie. I watched it yesterday and it's been very hard not to talk about. I've been like holding it inside and yeah. I'm ready to unleash my feelings. Yeah, I am very happy we did not watch this back in August. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That would have been that would have been rough. <laughs> yeah, I suspected this would have been a rough go back then, having now seen it and knowing the layers of uh, um, you know, caged emotions. Yes, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, yeah, that would have been a really bad time for you to experience this film, as opposed to now, when I actually think the timing is perfect. Mwah, perfect. It was honestly got perfect. I couldn't have, and like. We picked it here because of the Oscars, and mm. I saw that he didn't get nominated. <laughs> and a little bit of spoiler going forward is I, I haven't watched most of the Oscar films yet. I've kind of been burnt out by the Academy, this to be honest, recently. But yeah, this was a really good performance, and I would need some clarification about why he has gotten no recognition for it on like a award level because. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, we're going to talk about it. But besides that, so yes, we're reviewing the film Pig. Came out uh, last year. Um, but what's new with you, Rachel? How's life been? It's been rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your girl got real, real sick. <laughs> yeah, I was sorry to hear that. Yeah, I won't go into all the gory details, but I will tell you that I got so sick, I broke my glasses. How? Well... See, what happens is when you're running to the bathroom because you're about to throw up mm. and you faint and you land on your face oh, and your glasses Rachel. are on, they break. <laughs> How are you now? I'm actually a lot better. Like okay. yesterday, I finally like felt like, oh, I'm on the other side. So I'm good. And I'm like, what have I even done this month? And like, I was so sick. That's all I could come to mind. So I'm relying on you to bring the like. Well, you beat Alien Fire Team. I did beat Alien Fire Team, and that was a lot of fun. We crushed that game. Yeah, and it was so crazy because we, again, that was something we played back in August when you and Justin were trying to help distract me from what's going on with Dante. Yeah, and I just could circle. not. Yeah, exactly. I just could not get into that. Yeah. But we started playing it again because we want to review it because over on Here's Johnny, as people may know, we are an alien season. Yeah. So we wanted to get that ready and get it out for review. So that's coming soon. And I had a lot of fun. Um, my PS4 had a hard time with it. Yeah, th there was a rough patch. We had a rough patch. <laughs> yeah, like my frames dropped down to like zero a second. Like it was unplayable. Like I literally couldn't do anything. And that was very, very, very rough. But letting Justin host the the game on his server fixed a lot of those issues. Mm -hmm. But boy, oh boy, there was a... Uh... Yeah, there was a time I, there where I was ready just to say, "Guys, beat it without me. I'm done." Because <laughs> yeah, it was bad. I could hear you were trying. Yeah, like you get so many points for like really putting on a brave front, but I knew <laughs> you were you were hot. I could feel you like ten states away, like you were hot. And then we switched servers, and you were like back in. And then Justin, we'll talk about. You'll hear about this in review, but Justin came through enormously clutch because Rachel and I thought, "Oh my god." That <laughs> You should kill the alien queen. Well, spoilers, that's not the goal of the last mission. It is just to escape. But Rachel and I were already 
committed to the kill, and uh, Justin had to save us. <laughs> well, slight different version of history. <laughs> you were committed to the kill, and you got <laughs> hit, and then I was committed to being a teammate, so I tried to come and revive you, and then I got just murked by the queen <laughs> and then justin hightailed out of there so he left and our then dead justin bodies hightailed behind. out of there and we like went into uh, like what is it spectator mode yep. and just like watch we were like go go we and, don't like, want to redo the whole Rudy, mission except for there was a xenomorph in it we're like go 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 into the end zone so since he carried us to the uh the finish line maybe we'll stop harassing him about playing alien isolation absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> Never. Like, in my dying breath, it's going to be like the end of Titanic. And I'm like 93 years old. I'm, the last thing I'm going to say is just a never played isolation. I don't know what we can do to get him to play it. I want him to experience it. Um, I mean, I think we we weaponize his Canadian guilt. <laughs> <laughs> again, our birthdays, are, my birthday's coming up. Maybe I can talk him into it. He was supposed to play for my birthday last year, so maybe I can really lay it on thick. You guys got me such a nice birthday gift, I couldn't guilt him this year. He was like teflon from guilt because of my <laughs> lovely xenomorph wine glass, which I'm looking at right now. Um, but... This year, <laughs> maybe I can make it happen. <laughs> He's missing out. He'll love it. I know. It's an it was amazing game experience. It was a it was a, a top tier game experience. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Very yeah. scary. A very scary, very stressful very game. Scary, but in the best way. Yeah. The only part of that game that really made me angry was the alien hive. So were you multitasking? Tell the truth. No. You weren't? Because I thought maybe you were like had a game going and that's why you weren't hearing the like the sound of the Oh no, opening. no, 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 no. I was fully committed and I, I I just I'm I'm just a fast like I move fast and that game does not behoove. That game that game punishes. Yeah, it's a stealth game, so you have to And I there's a reason why I don't play Metal Gear Solid or Splinter Cell. That's not, that's <laughs> not my cup of tea. When we played the Saw game. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anyone more mad about a tripwire. Like, oh, I hated it so much. It in real life, <laughs> I hated it so much. Oh man, I forgot so, yeah, about I a, that. I had a great gaming experience this month. Uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West comes out Friday. Oh, cool, cool. So that's the one I'm looking forward to. Maybe I'll talk about that experience on the next episode. Also, the new like now supposedly Cyberpunk is finally good. I know Devin has been considering, after she beats Doom Eternal here, finally taking the copy I got for her in 2020 out of its collector's edition wrapping and playing it. <laughs> I think now is the time. It's supposed to be best on, on PlayStation, and it's like apparently like a new game. So I, I basically was like, this is not a maximum, like, ultimate, or what's the word? Optimum experience. So I set it aside, and I was like, I'm just going to wait till they fix this game. And... Here we are. The time has come. And it is, unfortunately, at the exact same time my other most anticipated game is hitting. So Cyberpunk will have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, they'll, maybe they'll fix some more bugs. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, can you still have sex with Keanu Reeves' character? I don't know, but I intend <laughs> to find out. <laughs> um, I guess so how my, about you? Yeah, I was going to say, for myself, not a whole lot. Um like watching, we're doing a Texas Chainsaw little mini season because there's a new movie coming out. So uh, excited! Yeah, and um, mainly school. Uh, my semester mm-hmm. ends next week, but the new Destiny Ooh. expansion comes out on Tuesday of next week. 
Mm. So I actually put the crunch in to try to get shit done so I could have that semester work done before the expansion drops. Listen, whatever motivates you. You know what I mean? That's going to get you through there. And then there's a sweet prize on the other side. Yeah, I took three exams today. Hideous. No wonder you're tired. And all I have left is uh, uh, a paper, which is like seven pages, which isn't that bad. And then a final data analysis project. All right, dude. And is this the end of the end or you're getting... No, no, no. There are six classes left. Two more this semester and then four more in the summer. But two more semesters. So you basically have, what, the rest of... You have spring and and summer and that's it? I graduate in August, yeah. Holy shit, dude. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's definitely... Like, when I'm in it, it is constant effort and work. But I'm just happy that it's going to be done fast. I mean, it was so fast. I remember when you started, I was like, this is going to be a very long process. I cannot believe we're almost at the end. Yeah, that's the only good, good thing you, about, all the, about, about the terrible dark times we're in is that time seems just to fly by if you aren't paying attention. <laughs> I know. It's like it, on one hand, it's good. On the other hand, it's so grim. Like you can't think about it. If you think about it, like, hello, darkness, my old yep. friend. <laughs> <laughs> so I just fill my life with as much cage and video games as I possibly can. <laughs> Serotonin is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, absolutely. That's, that's pretty much it. Um, I looked yeah. around because obviously we have to talk about Cage News. Do you have anything? I saw you have something written there, but yes. So you're right. In a rare, unprecedented <laughs> sort of moment, they're, they're, all is quiet on the Cage front. So what I did is I looked it up and I found a list of his most incredible headlines over the years, and I thought. Over the course of the show, if we have one of these bizarro world situations where Cage is not making a current headline, we could revisit one of his greatest hits. Okay. What do you think? I like that idea. That's actually a really cool idea. All right, good. Well, in that case, allow me to take you back to the utopian times of August 3rd, 2010. Okay. 2010 where were you in 2010 i was at west point (laughs) okay so not so utopian (laughs) all right so this headline thematically is perfect especially when i get into some details of the um you know background of the film okay the headline is nicholas cage took drugs with his cat good (laughs) All right, I'm just going to, it's a short article, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it to you. Okay. This comes from stuff.co.nz. Does not have a byline, unfortunately, which is rude stuff. Step your game up. People deserve bylines for the work (laughs) that they do. All right. Nicolas Cage once took magic mushrooms with his cat. The Sorcerer's Apprentice actor, which tells you exactly what was happening in 2010, (laughs) confesses that he once took hallucinogenic drugs with his cat, Lewis, when he discovered the feline had gained access to the fridge and had taken them. He said, I had a bag of magic mushrooms in my refrigerator. My cat used to sneak in the refrigerator and eat them. The cat ate them voraciously, so I thought, what the heck? I better just do it with them. I remember lying on my bed for hours, and Lewis was just on the desk across from my bed, and we just stared at each other for hours, not moving, just staring at each other. And I had no doubt that he was my brother. That's, like, heartwarming. 
Yes. However, the 46-year-old admits he no longer takes the mind-altering substances. He told TV host David Letterman, but having said that, I don't do that anymore. And you know what? Later in life, I was completely not doing any of that. I know he said hi to me. (laughs) So (laughs) there you go. And that is your vintage Nick Cage news. I like it. (laughs) So one of... uh... The things I've always wanted to do, and it goes back to my love of X-Files, is I, okay. I think many people know I'm kind of the the Puritan of many groups, which is very strange for me. But I've always, <laughs> I've never done anything too crazy, but I always wanted to do peyote, like Mulder does Whoa, in X-Files. okay. Okay. That's a deep ender. Yeah. I, I, that, that's one of, my, one of my favorite episodes of the show. You know, when he takes it to like try to get in touch with the aliens and talk to his sister and everything. Gotcha. So, so you a... do not have to answer this on the show if you feel uncomfortable, but will this be your first a journey through hallucinogens? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you are going to deep end it. Got it. Excellent. <laughs> Breezing right past mushrooms into peyote. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, it's something that I've always been interested in, and it's more just finding the right time to do it and having mm-hmm. somebody who can – commit to like doing it with you <laughs> not even doing it with me just being there as i do it because like gotcha. I, especially now that i'm working out again are you thinking michigan <laughs> no no i want to i want to enjoy and remember that and not cause people fair. headaches fair although mushrooms would be a very fun activity <laughs> with all of us the, like, we are literally we going to the woods where they filmed evil dead i think we would be playing with fire oh i didn't even think about that we will be in evil that's dead why country. i picked michigan when I was looking, I thought you just picked it because it was close to Tuck. I mean, that was, I mean, that was part of it. But the other big reason I was like trying to think of like another like we picked Salem right because of the witch trials and all that kind of stuff. And oh. so, God, I'm slow. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Literally, I was this many years old when I realized what you were up to. <laughs> I was trying to keep it spooky. It, it was just a, a very happy and pleasant benefit that I was close to Tuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, Tuck alone was worthy motivation, but I do like that we kept on a horror theme. That's, that's cool. Yes. That's very, very cool. Yes. Okay. Awesome. All right. So with that, I mean, why wait? We've been waiting to review this movie for six, seven months. Let's yes. finally review the film. Pick. Is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? Mm -hmm. Got a bad desire. emotions i'm just gonna say this up front right now i probably am gonna cry during this episode because every time i try to talk to my partner about this movie i start crying yeah i actually didn't (laughs) talk to devin about it because i watched it when she was at work um really so this is my first time speaking about it out loud all right let's see how we do so you have the background for this 
I do. This was I your do. first viewing, right? This is both of our first viewings. Yes. I watched it yesterday afternoon when you were trying to call me, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> just to give you so more bad. time. I, well, I, knew, I knew you were sick. And the nice thing <sighs> in the way we treat the cage show is that we want to do it when we are in our best minds and have the best energy to go forward with it. So That's true. That's true. That one true. Pushing one night is not going to change anything. Well, I appreciate you. Of course. I'll see you. I appreciate you. I receive it. <laughs> okay. So, Pig is a film from 2021. It was directed and co-written by Michael Sarnowski uh, and co-written by Vanessa Block. And it's kind of hard to define genre-wise, but I guess you would call it a thriller? Would you call it a thriller? Honestly, a if I were to try to put this in a genre, Rachel, I would mm-hmm. call this movie just art house. Yeah. Because I think <laughs> art, fair. because art house, I think just really describes a lot of films, honestly, mm-hmm. the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely an art house. Film. Mm-hmm. We have a listener who is always asking me, "Is this art house?" The answer on this one is yes, one hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. This is art house. Cat, you know you're, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, but because I was gonna say this is just so much more than that, um, which I know we'll get into. Um, when art so, house is at its best, it's the reason why I think calling it an art house film is appropriate. Because when that, when you get an art house film, because I would also consider a film like Parasite art house. Right? Oh, it's absolutely art house. Because you can't put it in a genre. It's literally someone using cinema, movies, as a way to... It's it's not... It will not be confined into one genre. Exactly. Because I think you could argue this falls into the buckets of several, like drama, Drama, thriller, romance, crime. Yeah, but... It's also not really, truly any of those no. things. No, I think it would be selling it short if you tried to put it into any of those. Absolutely. So are you familiar with Sarnowski's work? No. That's because this is his first feature film. Okay, good. <laughs> yep, I'm just, I was personally blown away by that fact. Prior to this, he has directed a handful of shorts, co-directed some episodes of TV, and then this, which is wild to me what tv shows out of curiosity they were not ones that i was familiar okay, with okay. he had um uh, for sorry you're good why i'm the open in front of me so I put I you on the spot it's <laughs> my a, fault. it was something called friday night legacy and olympia i had not heard of either of those okay neither had i but he dire- co-directed a total of eight episodes between the two of them okay All right, so the idea for this film actually came to him because he first saw a photo of a man with a truffle pig standing on a porch, and it just sparked his curiosity. And he started quickly building sort of a story up around this guy. And then he started doing some research into the world of truffles and discovered that there was this whole complex economic system that we do get some hints at that I definitely want to touch on um, in the film. and. He, he So he once he started learning about this, he started building the story around both sort of the culture of both the hunting dogs and pigs um, and the truffles themselves, which go for an upward of $100 per pound. So I wanted to talk about that real quick. Okay. The only experience I ever have had with truffles mm-hmm. are B-dubs. Last summer, I think, had a truffle-flavored wing sauce. Okay. And it was dog shit. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I mean... It was absolutely terrible. 
So have it's you not had a subtle flavor? Have, have, yeah, have you had pure truffle? Like, do you know? No. Okay. No, I've only ever had things with truffle oil. Like, um, at the uh, at that what's the name of that movie theater? My brain is blinking. Um, Alamo Draft House. Uh-huh. They do a truffle fries that are pretty good. Interesting. But they okay. do have that sort of mushroomy umami flavor. Yeah, I'm not a big mushroom like guy it, in general. And we got yeah. those wings, and I was like, this is. Like, I'm, I'm happy because Devin was smart. Just like get the sauce on the side. Just yeah. get the sauce on the side. And that's why she's smarter than me. And I also kind of feel like wings and truffle are never the two should win. It is so funny because I, I, I am always intrigued by the fun sauces that B-Dub sometimes have. Like they had uh-huh. they had the sweet chili Dorito flavor for a brief time. Oh, okay. That I'm curious about. And that's also like a delicious sort of trash yeah. combo that makes sense to me. And so I went there to get it and they were sold out. And they're like, well, we still have the truffle stuff. And that was like over a year like, they literally could not give it away. Like, they were offering well, to give away. I wonder if it was questionable at that point. Questionable? And also, like, I wonder, like, like if it was a pandemic that made people not want to, like, have it. I just think you don't go to Wings to have, like, you don't go to, a, like, a chain Wings place for truffle. No. You just don't. You go there for buffalo. Yes. You go there for Dorito. You go there for a, like a spicy chili lime. My favorite is the desert heat. Are you getting heat. crazy with some soy glaze or something? I'm not sure the last time you went to B-Dubs, but uh, when Devin I, had I don't know there. what B-Dubs is, but I do enjoy a chicken wing. So, you ever been to Buffalo Wild Wings? Oh, that sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. So I, I never heard it called B Dubs. I, I guess I'm not. Must it, it very not well cool might be enough. a Midwest thing, Rachel. I, I don't know. But if you and Randy ever, I'm sure they have it on DoorDash out there. Uh, they have a pulled pork tater tot appetizer, where it's just tater tots covered in pulled pork, covered in barbecue sauce, and covered in cheese. And Devin is a very, very big fan of, like, cheese fries. And she also likes tater tots. And we got it one time. And that's now our go-to appetizer when we go there. Wow. Granted, how do you feel – how do you guys land on the uh, subject of tachos? Are you pro or anti? I don't think I've ever had those. It's nachos, but with tater tots. I might surprise her and make that sometime. Actually, I bet you, she would like that. We're both on diets right now. So the next time we have a cheat meal – it's called Buffalo Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh-huh. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Okay, there there is one locally. Um, and then what was the fries again? So it's, it's 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 their tater tot. It's like a it's like dirty. It's like the dirty dubs or something. Ooh. It's an appetizer. Sorry, they have pretzel knots, and now nothing else matters in my life. Okay, I need to their pretzel knots are delicious. Yet. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm distracting okay. you. Continue. <laughs> We started with truffles, and now we're on like, actually good food. Okay. Sometimes this podcast is about Nick Cage. Sometimes it is a service <laughs> announcement about delicious tots and or bread products. Just so you know, we stand a bad bread product on this. One podcast. last thing okay. on food. So on Friday night, me and Devin went out for uh, our Valentine's because she's in mid-tax season. So she's just working constantly, and she gets oh, up at 4 to go to the heart. gym because she's a psycho. Yeah. So we went, we went out Friday night, and we got um, chili cheese fries, and I sent a picture to Justin, and Justin was impressed, because he also likes the chili cheese fries. No, do they have a bean in them, or is it just like a meat chili it was or a, a veggie chili? No, it was a uh, bean beef chili. It was They were really, they were shockingly good. Like, I'm not, I'm I, I don't like it. I'm like, out. Devin is big on the chili cheese fries. I'm more of an onion ring kind of guy, but they See, were I, they were good. My ultimate nemesis is a spider. 
But next to that is a legume. <laughs> I do not like beans. Really? <laughs> I. It's why I'm not a vegetarian. I cannot. I cannot. Never a bean shall pass these lips. Interesting. The only kind of bean <laughs> that I will like refuse to touch is refried beans. Ugh, hideous. It Absolutely looks not. like dog food. I will hummus. <laughs> like I'll get down with a hummus, but that's. I guess that is a garbanzo bean yeah but a garbanzo bean no 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 it must be pureed within an inch of its life no one cares about this but you know these are good dietary things for us to know in in michigan (laughs) anyway okay so um in addition to his research into the sort of subculture of truffles he also was inspired by a personal loss in his life that of his father when he was a kid Uh, When he began writing the script, he was in his late 20s, and he had begun to sort of witness the ways that his father's death had caused all the people in his life to kind of shape the world around that loss. And so he kind of pulled all of these disparate ideas together to write the story. And in an interview with Portland Mercury, he explained how the intersection of these things led to the sort of deep kind of the deepness of the story, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, he said, you come at it from two places. You have the plot element and the things that interest you about the story. And then that meets your soul. And it meets what you're thinking about on an emotional level and what you're thinking about in your life. Then those two things grow together, he said. And I think that is very clear in the in product. Absolutely. So as a first-time filmmaker, he did not exactly attract the likes of Nick Cage to the project so much as, because it was just sort of this low-budget, genre-bending, not super marketable, marketable film. Um, although, to be honest, that's like a perfect fit for Nick Cage, as we know mm-hmm. and love. Um, mostly, he was just really hyped to get it made, regardless of who started it. However, WME Endeavor, which is the publicity agency, really liked the script. And so they were the first to suggest Cage. So they showed him the script, and he loved it immediately. Even though part of why he connected with it was not so good, uh, it was because it gave him a nightmare. (laughs) Uh, So he shared in an interview with IndieWire, I was always close with my cat. I had a terrible nightmare after I read the script. I had lost my cat, Merlin. Something horrible had happened. I felt i can play this organically authentically i don't need to go and force it lo and behold when i got on set it just came out it was the right place and the right time for that director actor protagonist relationship it just flowed so again i can see how channeling relationships with his cats i I can see how channeling that energy because like i said if i had if we had watched this back when dante was really Mm -mm. in the throes of it that would have been Mm -mm. very Mm -mm. rough This thing is devastating on your best day. Yeah. (laughs) Certainly not going to be great on your lowest. So, no, I totally, I know, I, as I was watching this, I was like, right choice, right choice, right choice, right choice, Mm -hmm. right choice. Okay. So, Cage, and when they first met, it was over a meal, of course, and they talked through Sarnacki's vision, and Cage realized exactly where he wanted to go with his performance, saying that the film, when he read it, was like a haiku, and that all of the silent places were where it was, it, at its most meaningful, which I think is definitely true. And he, I pulled, again, this really great quote from him talking about how um, the, ex- the the film and the exploration of what he wanted to do specifically with his craft kind of connected at the right time. And he said, I had largely sp- explored Western kabuki, what we had done with film performance in terms of the abstract and operatic and breaking form. And I wanted to get back to the expression and film performance. Uh, That for me was why I became an actor. And the reason I pulled this quote is I thought it tells us a lot about 
Cage's inner working. And I think that there's this reflexive attitude we have towards his sort of over-the-top performances is that he's just like unrestrained or he doesn't maybe have the sort of acting chops to deliver a serious role. But hearing him talk about it this way kind of crystallized for me that he is totally making a choice. And what he was doing was kind of a performance art in his performance where he was trying to like intentionally break the sort of established forms of performance, which I thought was really interesting. And see, I definitely agree with that. And that's definitely something It's one of the reasons why I, I know it's kind of chic now to like laugh at cage and with the energy he gives off and we have done mm-hmm. a film we we did prisoners of ghostland and so i see mm-hmm. i see where that comes from however like with all that being said nick cage is probably one of the best actors i've seen like when he oh, yeah. is on it when he is in the zone there aren't really many actors who get to the same level he gets to and see, that's the thing is, I think it's not even, I agree with you. And I think it's not even a matter of the zone. I think he's making an active choice. Yeah. Like he's going, he's, he can do this if he wants to, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have to. Yeah. I which mean, I think is really interesting at like as an artist. Thinking I think of him we as talked about this. Was it last episode? I'm not sure when we talked about this, Rachel, but when we look at some actors who do movies for paychecks, like your Bruce Willis, right? Or your Oof, Steven Seagal. I watched one today. Did you? Oh, God. And <laughs> I was like, he has the career everyone says Nick Cage has. Yeah. And so, I, I, actually, I think we talked about this last week. So, so yes. So, exactly. And for me, I feel like Nick Cage feels like he has done what he needs to do. He has FU money. He's gotten his Oscar. Mm-hmm. And I think he now has the ability to pick and choose the movies that he wants to act mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome. It's the same thing as Daniel Radcliffe. Like, Daniel Radcliffe has the Harry Potter money, so he has the FU money where he can just do what he wants. And, like, he's about to be in that... Like, he's had good performances, like like heartbreaking performance, like a Swiss Army Man, but he's about to be in that movie with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum about the author of the uh, the grandma romance novels. Yeah. Yeah, I think you told me about this. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like Is it Cage goofy? Sure. Like let's we'll be honest. Is he a little bit goofy? Right. Sure. But when that man acts, when mm-hmm. he puts it all out there, there aren't many who come close. You can't touch him. You there there really him. are not many who come close. Uh, yeah, I just think he's such an enigma and I felt like a little piece of him kind of came into view for me in a new way. Mhm. And if there's any question that he can do this if he wants to, according to Sarnacki, everything that he did in this film, every scene he did in one to two takes. Holy period. shit. Yeah. Wow. Like it was just he just was in the character and that was that. Wild. OK, so Alex Wolf, uh, who plays. Um, shit, I had this in front of me and then I change the thing who plays amir there we go okay so Al- is he the uh, boy wolf- from uh heredity yes so okay. alex wolf plays amir was in hereditary he was also in um the jumanji films and was great in those i haven't seen the new ones oh they're so fun they're so dumb <laughs> 
they're so fun. They're like I watched them on. I think I went and saw them in the theater on Christmas when each of them when they came okay. out. <laughs> They're perfect for that kind of viewing. Um, but he and he's fantastic in them, and it's just so funny to see him in that and in Hereditary. Um, and then he was also in in Old, which I have not seen. Either but he is incredible in Hereditary. And as I was watching this, when we get to the uncomfortable dinner scene with the family. I was like, is this oh, in his man. writer that he only will take films where he has like <laughs> heart crushing familial meals. <laughs> 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 so anyways, he was the next to join the cast and he was drawn to the role in part by his desire specifically to work with Cage, who he actually credits with having taken his acting ability to the next level because Cage is apparently such a collaborative and generous actor. Cool. And That's always good to the find two, out. Right? And the two actually became really close over the, sh- the course of shooting the film to the point where Alex says that they talk, you know, like they are still really, really tight. They're more like family than friends, which That's I think so is That's so nice beautiful. to hear. Yes. So in an interview with IndieWire, he recalled the instant connection that they shared when they met at the 2019 TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, just weeks before the show began shooting. He said, he was really going through a tough time right before we made this movie. He said, he, I think, or I was going through a really tough time before we made this movie. He, I think, was too. And we had a similar moment where we needed each other, which I'm like, oh my God, my heart. That's awesome. And I think... Again, it really lended itself to the creating of this sort of lightning in a bottle film um, that surprised both critics and audiences for different reasons. Mm -hmm. All right. So just some basic film information. It was shot on location in Portland, Oregon on a $5 million budget in 2019 and was held for release until July 2021, where it received rave reviews and has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. And everyone was like, oh, my God, Nick Cage is a good actor. And we're like, yeah, duh. We already knew that. But unfortunately, because pandemic reasons, it only earned $3.7 million at the box office. Um, but it also got a lot of Oscar buzz at the time. Yeah, it did. However, here we are. Good news is it's out and on video on demand at Hulu, which is where I watched it. And if you I haven't watched it, I paid two bucks on should. Amazon to watch it. And oh, I would have paid triple that. Auto buy. I might buy it because it's only $10 to buy it. And I might do that. It's so good. If you can, if you can endure it emotionally multiple times, this is definitely. And it's also time. very quick, which I think is nice because sometimes I love that hour and a half run. Time. Because sometimes art house <laughs> films are, mm-hmm. we'll just be honest, self indulgent. Mm-hmm. I watched Nightmare Alley last night. Do you know how long that movie is? Probably close to three hours. It's two and a half hours long. Yeah, no way. I- it's beautiful and it's very good, but it is too long. Mm. and this movie is the exact right runtime does not need to be any shorter should not be any longer perfect all right so plot um a very quick synopsis spoilers going forward and i don't know if it's necessarily a trigger warning but um yeah this is a heavy film not in what you see but in the context that fair oh i mean the performances are so good. This thing is like a, I described it as a punch to the heart. <laughs> yeah. And I think that is incredibly fair. I, yeah. I, I think that's accurate. All right. Mm-hmm. So we are introduced to Cage and his pig. They live remotely. He seems to have very limited contact with the outside world, with the exception of Amir. Um, that's not his name in the movie, though. What's his name in the movie, Rachel? Amir is his name in the movie. Is it? Alex Wolf is the director. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I'm backwards. Yep. Okay. No worries. Um, Nick Cage gets attacked 
and his pig gets taken. And he reaches out to the only person who he has contact with in the outside world, which is Amir. And they start kind of back tracing where it could have gone. Um, through this process, we find out that Nick Cage was once the best chef in the area. Mm-hmm. And that he Renowned. Had, he had actually served a meal to Amir's mother and father, and that was the happiest that they ever had been. Mm. Um we kind of go on this journey learning more about Nick Cage's chef fell and we meet Amir's dad and we find out that Amir's dad was the one who had the pig stolen because Amir's dad is a big time purchaser of the truffles in order to persuade Amir's dad to give him the pig back he prepares the exact same meal that he prepared uh for Amir's parents all those years ago because he says he remembers every single meal he ever cooked. And that is when this movie decides to just punch you as hard as it can. And the crackheads, who were the ones who kidnapped the pig, had killed it in their attempt Mm. to capture it. Cage falls to the floor. Oh my god, you're going to make me cry. Stop. Uh, and then we cut back to him in his cabin in the woods by himself uh, and he plays probably my favorite Bruce Springsteen song mm-hmm. and that's it oh and the big kicker was is that the pig wasn't even a truffle pig it was just his friend he found the truffles himself because of the trees my god and it was the cutest pig I've ever it was seen. an adorable pig like like they i am so happy so i'm on a diet for... now because like i don't eat like any like kind of like pork because it's like too fatty so i'm gonna try to never go back because god damn this movie you're just gonna think of this cute little piggy yes <laughs> yeah they found the cutest pig on the planet to be in this movie it's like this sort of fuzzy golden oh. Pig. It is the cutest pig I've ever. I mean, I like pigs. I think pigs are cute in general, mm-hmm. but this one is the gold standard of pig cute dumb. And I was like, "Fuck this movie! I know you're gonna break my heart." And then, so did you know did. any of the plot beats? Only what I saw in the trailer, and like the trailer was so misleading. Yes, in a way that I actually think is interesting, and that it kind of felt like. Nick Cage stars and John Wick except it's a pig. Um, and there's some similar, like, very, very, you know, tangential kind of similarities. Like, it is about a, a, a man who is broken after the loss of his wife, who has instilled a lot of love into this pet that is taken um, or killed in the case of John Wick. But that's kind of where the similarities and Although it does kind of sort of start off in this place where you're like, ooh, we're going to get into the underground of the, the," which I thought was fascinating, by the way. I was so excited that we dipped into that because it was like, it reminded me so much of, of like marijuana Mm -hmm. um, culture in Northern California and Southern Oregon. And I was like, oh, of course, this is a cash crop. Of course there would be sort of similar sort of underworld stuff with this. And then, but in this case, it's not 
drugs on the other end. It's this like fine dining, high elitism. class, yeah. elite classism, elitism. I was just like, this is so interesting. I would watch a movie that was just about this, but I so I didn't totally know what the film was going to be, and I, I and I in the same way that I knew that this film was going to devastate me, but I didn't even know how it was going to devastate me. Like, yes, it it got me in the way that I expected, but it also got me in all of these other ways that I, I was not expecting to be so emotionally connected. And that's very film. similar to me too, because I saw the trailer and in my head, I had heard that Cage's performance was stellar, but at the yes. same time I was getting like the taken vibes, you know? Right. And I was like, right. Like, what is this going to be? And as this movie unfolds, as you find out more and more, and as you go on this journey, there's just so much there when we basically have three actors Mm-hmm. And it's Cage, Amir, and then Jamie Lee Curtis's boyfriend from Halloween H two O. Adam Arkin, who plays Darius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Jamie. I'm almost 100 percent positive that's her boyfriend in H two O. That's hilarious. Adam Arkin was in that, huh? Okay. I, I got off the check, um, but we check nothing on here. We just <laughs> say things. <laughs> I was truly blown away and Mm -hmm. just the fragile nature of everything. Yes. And the humanity in this movie. And it's just, and it's beautiful and it's Mm -hmm. slow and it's well paced. And man, I, that final dinner scene, like the culminating scene of this mm-hmm. movie and when like you're hoping you're hoping that the pig is still alive and you find out like there is no happy ending right and like you find out the reason why Arkin's character was so nasty then right that there was an undercurrent of guilt because it was, it was because yeah was because like he fucked up mhm and when Cage fell to the ground, and like all the sound kind of cut no, out. No, I can't. Oh my god! And then people yeah. who listen to this review will, will will be hearing the Springsteen song, "The I'm on oh. Fire." Okay. Uh, because that that's like the only real song in the movie, right? I mean, there is. It's the only song. I yeah, think. there's a, there's some um, score stuff that's a little bit forgettable, yeah. but that because only because like. I remember like listening to I'm on Fire when I was a kid. When you listen to it now, though, and you listen to the lyrics. Yeah. I mean, Springsteen. It's, uh, I mean, it starts out with, hey, little girl, is your daddy home? He went and left you all alone. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God. But it worked. It worked. The, the, the cover of it worked really yeah. well. And it was one. Can you pull that, that cover of it? I actually think. That would be it's so it's so beautiful. Oh, that's, that's what I'm using. I'm, I'm oh, using brace. I'm using the one from the movie. Yeah, uh, it okay, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, damn it. Yeah, I I think it's so interesting that this movie you were saying Taken and I was saying John Wick is that it is kind of set up to um, lean into kind of a righteous sort of anger, and the movie itself is the antithesis of that. Yeah. Like, it's an it's the antithesis of the sort of anger that we're sort of living in perpetually right now that life as it is right now gives us this per- weird permission structure to exist in 
And I really needed desperately to see an alternative to that. And this movie surprised me by being that, that it's ultimately about empathy and dwelling in pain instead of deflecting with anger, which is exactly what, you know, like the John Wick thing is about. And it's great. I'm not talking about about John Wick. I'm just saying that this was a balm that I did not need. it. There are so many times where Cage could rise to anger and there is one time where he kind of concedes where he kicks the car right when Amir's is not listening to him mm-hmm. but there are so many times where any rational person would be able to rationalize violence mm-hmm. and with the exception of the kicking of the car he never does what's interesting to me i agree and i want to talk about like the heel turns he does in a handful of conversations you're like oh here it comes this is the moment right this is where he turns he but then he doesn't do it so to me this is the ultimate revenge film and the reason is is if at its core the motivation for revenge underneath the anger underneath the violence is about trying to make someone else you feel feel the way that you feel yes. feel the pain that you feel feel the emotion that you feel and in this case robin succeeds like he moves through the plot of this movie by making other people tap into the parts of themselves that feel the things that he's feeling and moves them through he forces them through empathy to give him what he wants not in a manipulative yes. way but like in an incredibly gentle in way. a way that that defines his character and mm-hmm. it i think that that could come across so fake or unrealistic and it doesn't because we go on this mm-hmm. journey and that is robin like the case character is robin fell for clarification that is robin's t- journey and rachel it's it's done so well and it's honestly until you were kind of talking about that it really I wonder if I thought about it, but it's also the reason why we famously reviewed The Last of Us Part Two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the ending of that game, again, spoilers for anything if you listen to this part of the show. So this is ready. <laughs> um, yeah. Abby and Ellie have this big climactic fight where yeah. Ellie cunts her down and literally has her hands on her throat, right? Yeah. And doesn't finish the job. That is similar to what happened with Cage. And my reason why it doesn't work for me in The Last of Us 2 is that's not Ellie's character. Throughout the our entire time with Ellie, that's never been who she is. But it works well for me in this movie because that's Cage's character. Like that, like we are introduced and shown step by step by step that that is the way that he... Like this is a revenge film, but not in the way we kind of see those movies in today's society and it just it's just so much more powerful i i feel not to relitigate (laughs) (laughs) the last of us too but i think that was her character i think she in her anger forgot who she was and the person that joel kind of raised her to be and in that moment she remembered the power of empathy i wonder if you watched it now instead of two years read it played it now instead of two years ago like you would have craved a different thing and you would feel i have been actually i've been busy but i have been considering replaying one and two on well i I like the games but playing them on very easy and going Mm -hmm. for more of a story 
I think that would dive. be a really good idea because I think maybe some of the frustration is having to put in so much work to get to that place yourself. Yeah, because it, it, I guess like as I said, the journey that I was on with Ellie, it I felt betrayed that she broke what I saw as her character. Oh, see, I felt like she was betraying me throughout the runtime of the game because she wasn't the Ellie uh, from the first game. Okay. Like, she wasn't the Ellie at the beginning of the game. Like, she had allowed her anger to turn her into someone she wasn't. But it had also was been like... a long time since I had touched the original. Mm. So, like, there, there's a part of me wants to take it on for a story dive and kind of see if I still feel the same way. But, like... I like the game. The game's a good game. I'm not a neckbeard who's pissed off that Joel died. Like, characters die in movies and games. Like, Ugh, it, it happens. So brutal. It happens. So brutal. Um, yeah. My big problem that we talked about, if you want to hear it at length, <laughs> you can listen to that episode, yeah. uh, was more, I didn't think that was her character. Yeah. I think maybe maybe because I did revisit the first one, like, there was, I, I had a very clear picture yeah. of who Ellie was. Like, the cub and the, uh, what is it, the the cub and the, the wolf, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And and then she turned into someone she wasn't when she was so angry, when she was, like, betraying her, like, friends and stuff and turning her back on her partner yeah. and all of those things was not who she was. That is not Ellie. And so it, she was, like, being shaped by hatred. And so she re-embraced who she was and who Joel wanted her to be in the end. And that's why I was like, oh, thank fuck. Yeah. So that, so that but kind of give back i guess to pig yes yes yes, yes, is, yes. Is, is, no one cares about this no no it, it, it's good <laughs> i, I want to re- revisit that at some point and i'd love to do it with you too is like again yeah in our society Five year anniversary <laughs> like, like in our in our society like people justify violence in a lot of ways right whether yeah. it's through protests for noble causes or whether it's through betrayals like people i think are capable of understanding like an eye for an eye, I guess. And there's catharsis in it, right? There's a yeah. catharsis in watching revenge films and watching people get angry in a safe place on a fi- on TV and a film, right? Yeah. Watching people behave badly is cathartic because we can't, we have nowhere to put Especially those feelings in Especially when it's righteous. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, like if you feel like it's yes. right, it absolutely. But what I loved about this was. He, I found, I also found catharsis in this unexpected catharsis that the kindness and the connection disarmed both me, both the character on the screen, but me as an audience member. Like yeah. I was like, oh no, this is actually what I really actually want. Yeah. I didn't know I wanted this, but I really just want people to be kind to each other. Because there's a scene where Cage confronts an, a former employee who he fired, right? Because he realized mm-hmm. you don't want to do fine dining. You don't have the passion for this. Scene. Yeah. And there is a moment where I feel like Cage flirted, or I guess Robin, the character Robin, flirted with beating the shit out of this dude. Because he knew this dude knew the answer that he was looking for. Yep. But instead, he literally broke this man down to his very basic character elements in a way that this guy wasn't prepared for. Yeah. Probably ruined his fine dining cooking career. But maybe saved his life. Yeah. Because he was miserable. Everything he said about him, what it hit host at home because it was true. Yeah. It's almost like like the, not a soothsayer, I forget what it's called, but like the person who can actually see your soul and they speak things to you that you just aren't ready for. I think there's a movie yeah. called Michael with uh, John Travolta where he's an angel. Yeah. 
I've seen that. You know what I'm that. talking about? Yeah. Like, I remember correctly, yes, like, he's able to, like, see into people, like, who they really are. We have one like that coming up with Cage, the City of Angels, which will be another mm. tearjerker. Oh, no. I don't have any tears left. <laughs> this one took them all. And But, no, I, I agree, Rachel. Especially, like, in a world where, like, people want to get what they perceive as justice or mm-hmm. being justified in their anger and their hate to see cage not not necessarily get justice for his pig but to enact revenge in a way that honestly is more devastating than an ass beating mm-hmm. it was powerful yeah, this mo- it was very this, this, this movie- is a very powerful film this movie does this thing where it like takes a particular for- formula and doesn't give you what you want, but manages to give you something better. Yeah, it's true. Also, with the like, you think, oh, for sure he's gonna get the pig back at the end, I and know. it's God. crushing because he God doesn't. Damn it! Yes, but there's still this weird sort of hopeful thing at the end where, like, over the course of this, the arc that he's had with Amir is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. The arc that he's had amir's had with his father is incredibly powerful the arc that he is and then also the arc that robin himself has had where he's like reconnecting with all of these people from his past and like getting some closure and finally able to listen to that tape of his wife like even though it ends in a incredibly sad place it doesn't end in a dark place i would agree with that the ending isn't dark because there are movies where you watch it where it's just like jesus christ like Nightmare Alley. <laughs> is, is, is that dark? Is that like a dark overall one? It has the grimmest. Or like uh, a Star Is Born, right? Okay. Okay. Like it's just dark. It's just it's, it's not mm-hmm. like like it's just a dark fucking movie. This one, it's sad. It's emotionally tolling, but it's not dark. And I think part of it is because it doesn't go to those revenge places. Right? I agree. You know, because. Instead, of, you know, like we all joke, like choose violence. He chose not violence. Well, I think he chose uh, violence, but he did it in a way that isn't what we see with I, punches. Like, like again, going back to when he broke that chef or broke Amir's dad. Like, he he did like, quote unquote, beat them, but in a way like they're going to become better people. It's not like West right. Point where they say we got to break you all down to the box so we can build you all up together. It's not that. I hate it's, that. I hate that. I hate that for you. It it, it it's more. <laughs> Let's look at this retrospectively. Let's look at this together. And, like, you you don't want to take my pig. Like, give me my pig back. Like, I, I found you. I don't right. want your money. Like, I'll give you what I get. Like, just, just give me my pig back. Right. Well, he comes in and is a mirror to people, right? Yeah. He shows you these are the things that actually matter in your life. Like, there's all this artifice with all of these people whether it's the you know the popular but soulless restaurant or the uh you know accoutrement of wealth Mm -hmm. that amir and and the performative sophistication that he's doing that and with his father he tries to make the the french toast (laughs) right like all those kinds of things like um, basically what what robin does is he comes in and shows them like the things that matter in your life are not the things that you're focusing on and it like I guess you could say it breaks them, but I also feel like, and, and I think it also it's perfectly timed for a, an audience to receive that kind of yeah. message about like these are the things that actually matter. But it, it, it breaks them in the way that their pieces are within reach of rebuilding. I think so. Instead of yeah, like absolutely. instead of like other movies where it's like they break them, but they're they're done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. no, I have nothing negative to say about plot. I thought it was, nope. I was blown away. I'm going to tell you right now, we we can skip cons for me. Okay. <laughs> I have All right, I'm in, I'm in the same boat. Uh, acting, <laughs> okay. I think, will be very brief, and it's only because mm. every single person who's on the screen in this movie is stellar. I mm-hmm. honestly, I, I, I think it's just a stereotype around Cage, and I think people, I, I even though I love historically the Academy Awards and what they used to represent, as I've kind of watched more and listened more and read more, it's so hard for me to... The Academy so many times takes one step forward and, like, 15 fucking steps back. Like, yeah. like Moonlight, a film that deserves all the praise in the world, gets it, and then we go to, like, other bullshit. Or Parasite yeah. does it, and then we go to what I view as Amazon prep, which with the uh, the van life people that won last year. Mm-hmm. Nomadland. Thank you. And it's just like, I honestly, and you asked us a question uh, for like the Patreon content on Here's Johnny about Tony Collette, mm-hmm. the Tony Collette Award. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because her performance in Hereditary yep. is one of the best acting performances I've ever seen stop. Period. Like, that's, that's not hyperbole. Even if you aren't, no, it is. even if you aren't afraid, oh, is it, is it hyperbole? No, no, no! I'm saying no. You're that okay. Is not <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, it, it's it. I meant like it is the best performance. It, it's 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 shell shocking, and it makes no sense. Like even if you are like maybe tentative about horror, if you're listening to Zombie Girls, you're probably not. Um, <laughs> you can't watch that yeah, and not yeah. be like, wow. Yeah. And that is kind of how I feel about not only Cage because I was prepared for that because I heard about that, mm-hmm. but Amir's character too. I mean, Jesus. He... Speaking of hereditary, 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 hereditary alum. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I was like, uh, I either have too few or too many syllables. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think we now have the the Tony Collette and the Nick Cage award. Like these are the two unsung performances of the year. It's bullshit that they yeah. get passed on. I just truly, uh, and um, Adam Arkin his role is kind of small. It's very important, but it's very small comparison to Amir and Robin. But it's another gut puncher, man. But it's, again, it's just every single person has given 110%. And it's not like that full cell, like we kind of see with some Cage films, like we'll get to Willy's Wonderland on this show one day. Um, Oh, yeah. And that, even though Cage says no words, is full cell, right? Like that is the, Mm -hmm. the Mandy of it all, I guess. Oh, you wait till you see Mandy. If you think Willy Wonka is... <laughs> and I just... I, I didn't want to be outraged until I had seen it and talked to you about it. Blind outrage! <laughs> it's America! <laughs> but after watching this, I truly... It's bullshit. I, I, I would really need someone to explain to me why this was not brought up. Honestly, like because, I, I want to because Steven Spielberg put out a musical this year. There was no room for Pig. They just had to fill it all up with old Stevie Spielberg's movies. I mean, I like Spielberg. He has made some movies that I really love. Me too. But come on. But are you gonna tell me that West Side Story has better performances than this? Probably not. Really? I mean, I'm sure it's a fine film, but it's just one of those movies that Hollywood. It's loves, the same right? thing with Star is Born. There are certain, like, in La La yeah. Land, there are just things yeah, that... Yeah, they just love that shit. They just eat it up. Which is why I've kind of become disenchanted, but it is what it is. But the acting for me, 
Maybe we'll have our own Academy Awards at the end of this year. We should. We should. We should. <laughs> it's going to be very, like, horror heavy. It'll be like... very horror heavy and very indie heavy, but I think it'll be worth it. Yeah. I mean, but that's where the good shit is. I anyway. agree. But yes, uh-huh. nothing, like, everybody's amazing. Like, every single person yeah. who they put on the screen for more than 60 seconds is giving you 110%, and it's great because they all are, and it is just... It's, it's a lovely, it is a lovely performance across the board. And like I said, when we talk about the plot, it accentuates the journey our characters go on, the sadness, and ultimately the growth that they all get the, a chance to get. You there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, was, I thought you were pausing. I thought it was, I thought it was a pause. Uh, and I didn't want to step <laughs> you on you. Good, um, so I'm glad you brought up Willy's Wonderland because I actually think that there's an interesting comparison between these two like performances okay. specifically and that he's working in silent spaces. Yes. And we saw him do it on a bombastic level in Willy's Wonderland where everything is happening internally, mm-hmm. like there's an internal life. And what I love about this is he takes that ability and he turns in like an exquisitely understated performance with it. He can get you a man who can do both. <laughs> like yeah. he does both, and and you just get this sort of whiplash in these moments, which we've touched on, where you can see that the traditional plot beat, the formulaic plot beat, would be for him to turn to anger, and instead you watch it process across his face, and he's like, "I'm going to try a different tack," and he goes into these like very emotional places, and it it's so. I think another scene that I would point out for how amazing his performance is, there is a moment where he walks by the house he used to live. Oh my god, the thing with his kid, the kid. And that could have been so creepy. (laughs) Because Cage is a dirty mountain man who was covered in blood by this point. Right. And he goes into the backyard, the house he used to live in, he sits on the back porch, and there's like a younger kid sitting there. And they have a conversation about the kumquat tree that used to be in the backyard and how it tastes when cooked. Mm-hmm. And it isn't creepy. It isn't weird. It's not. It is yeah. powerful, oddly. Yes. It's an incredibly sweet. It serves thing. nothing about pushing the plot forward at all. But it gives us an insight into Cage's character. Yeah, and there is no like the so mom true. running out and pulling your kid away. There's there's like there's no jokes. It's literally just him saying, like, Yeah, you used to live here, what happened to the tree, talking about how to cook it. And I don't know. Yeah. It. Mm-hmm. The the acting in this is 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 amazing. Yeah, I just want to say one thing about Alex Wolf, and then we can move Perfect. on. Perfect. Who is incredible yes. in this? The there were two other scenes that absolutely broke me in this movie, and they were the companion scenes where he's talking to his parents, each of his parents, quietly and childlike through a door, and neither of them are capable of hearing I him. Know. In different ways. Oh my god, I'm getting emotional. Hold on. <laughs> this fucking movie wrecks me, dude. It, like this stuff with a mirror and his parents is brutal, but like in the most non um uh, melodramatic way. Yeah. Like it's so rooted in like realism. Real. Um, yes, yes. It's and he is like. He shows up and he's like this super sort of slimy, tw- like tw- like just 
unlikable creep. And you see underneath all this performative shit that he's putting on, all this armor that he's putting on is like, it, it, it is just armor. And he's just so wounded and he reverts to this. It's the childlike voice that absolutely fucking killed me. He's so incredible. In yeah, this. He's, a, he's a very he's, good actor. Like, it's easy to really just get caught up in the Nick Cage of it all because, you know, it's Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. But like, Giving a jaw-dropping performance. Like, a tour de force, career, like, defining role, performance. Mm-hmm. And then, but, like, this kid, who's not a kid, he's a grown-ass man, <laughs> but comparative kid, yeah. like, is able to deliver on that same But it's, it's like I was it's saying, incredible. like, all the acting is great. Like, Amir, Alex Wolf should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And I don't get why yes. he wasn't. I mean... Like, I don't get why he wasn't. Like, I, I, yeah. like, how do you watch this movie and how are they not in consideration? Because they don't give enough money to yeah. the Academy? That's why. That's your answer. If they only had a $5 yeah. million dollar budget and it was made on a shoestring, I mean, that the, the studio didn't have enough money to petition the Academy to get him there. That's why. That's exactly exactly right that's exactly right it's the reason as soon as i found that shit out like that was one of the biggest things that made me stop that they like campaign yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah. moment There's the moment i found campaign. that out listening to that variety uh the, that vanity fair podcast about the oscars i was done like are, are, are you fucking Ugh. kidding me the sausage when the sausage gets made and it's all just capitalism. literally i stopped like, listening to it. that podcast and like i have been so out of touch with the academy awards since then because it's just it's heartbreaking that's not meritocracy yep. That's, yep, capitalism. that's why we're gonna have our own we're gonna have our own and it's gonna be meritocracy it's gonna be based on movies we watched and who was the best I love it. although i'm willing to accept bribes <laughs> i'll just put that out now it's called patreon get on there nick <laughs> so pros of directing yes i did not look into anything in the background of this because I, I enjoy your storytelling i think you do a really good job with it oh thank you and uh Blown away to find out this is a first-time director and right? an original script idea from him. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. The restraint of keeping this film so tight, like under 90 mm-hmm. minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. And the pace, yet it also gives us time with our characters in like silent moments to kind of learn more about mm-hmm. them without being like told through exposition. Is just... This movie is why I take risks on art house films yeah. because it gives me everything. I get amazing acting. I get such a gut wrenching plot. And then I get a film that's beautiful. And mm-hmm. I, it, it, Justin, and I talk about this a lot on here's Johnny. Like when you get a movie that is just good, it's honestly yeah. sometimes hard to t- discuss stuff because yeah. it's all just great. And the thing with some of the direction and it's split into three parts and the way it transitions and what those parts actually mean something like you have to watch it. Mm-hmm. You have to watch it. You need to put, don't do what you do during a Marvel film. Like put your phone down mm-hmm. and treat yourself to 90 minutes of cinema at its best. And yeah. you won't regret it. It is. I, I am, I will be similar to after I saw the witch, similar to after I saw hereditary, similar to after I saw haunting a hill house. This director is now on my short list of when something of theirs is upcoming, I will be hyped about it and I will go in blind because I know that they're going to deliver. I forgot to say what he's doing next. I know what he's doing what next. What is it? Quiet Place 3. 
I think it'll be a really interesting choice. I haven't seen two. I enjoyed two. It's not as good as one in some regards, but I I like one. Okay. Well, I think he does a really good job of working in making quiet, emotional films. And at its best, quiet film, the quiet place films are those things. Yeah, that, that, I will agree with that. And I'm curious to see what he's going to do with it because I trust him to be able to make an almost silent film. Yeah. And, and to it might get me to watch, I guess, part two. Like I guess it would get me to watch part two because I am curious. It's just, I don't know. Part two has a, I mean, you should watch part two for the opening alone. The opening is awesome. It has Cillian Murphy the, in it too, right? Yep. Yeah. And he is moving forward kind of the main central male character. I'm cool with that. So if you like him, you're going to get more of him in three. Me too. Okay. Me too. Um, How about you? Like I said, I, I it's I always yeah, I, I have a hard time with prose because it's just like when there's no cons yeah. because it's just it's an amazing movie. Yeah, I think we've touched on most of the thing through through the other sections. Yeah. I will just say that I think this movie does an excellent job of making Portland a character. I love Portland; it's my favorite city outside of Edinburgh, which is the, my ultimate ultimate favorite city. Um, but Portland is it is cool, and it's also a little bit shady, and it's weird, and it's obsessed with food, and it's on the cusp of wilderness. It's this weird metropolitan area that's surrounded by dense forests. And it, it kind of plays with that sort of backwoodsy juxtaposition with sort of the city slicker eliteness of downtown, like the Pearl District in Portland. And I think this movie is kind of a a, a realistic love letter to the city okay. that I think is really See, interesting. See, for me, I don't know a lot about Portland, Portland, but do you know what it reminded me of? Mm. Astoria. Well, that's an hour away from Portland. Like that, <laughs> if I end up moving to Portland, your ass better come visit me and we'll go to a story. <laughs> because like what you just described is kind of like my recollection of Goonies. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's what it's like. You basically you're in Portland or you're in the yeah. woods. Like that's that's what it's like there. And, you know, or, the woods in Oregon are very similar to obviously to Northern California. And they're just like a place that feels like mystery still exists i mean it's cool mostly cash croppers who are going to shoot you if you get on their property but the point is the feeling of magic exists so i loved that about it um and let's see anything else i think that he did a good job of kind of yeah exploring visually those sort of rural life and it being very distinct and unique from the urban settings and yeah i just think it's a great looking movie it's a good looking movie it's a very good looking movie all right yep Next, our favorite cage lines. This is so hard. This is the opposite problem we had last time. He has like three lines yes. in this movie. <laughs> uh, I think I went first last time, so you get to go first. Well, you got the you got the line. So I why don't you go ahead and go first? <gasps> okay. So the line I have is, "We don't get a lot of things to really care about." so true and like it's in the trailer and it's like ooh, oh was it in the trailer line okay yes but then you see it it's like you haven't seen it when you see it in context because when he says it like there's so much emotion behind it and you're like he's speaking like a universal truth that you didn't know you needed to hear it's not just a great line like it just hits yeah. dude it freaking hits yeah 
So what did you pick? I'm sorry I picked the, the best one. <laughs> I went with fuck Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I know about Seattle is my boy Frazier. So like it will always have a special place, but that's literally the only reason why. So Frazier did end I just up moving it away. Was, it made me laugh. It was the line in the movie that made me laugh when he's like, yeah, fuck Seattle. And, and, and Frazier like, did move away, so I, I could be convinced. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So now the hard part. Okay. We have to put it in a category. And okay. we have to rank it. Oh, okay. So I went first for The Rock. No, who went first for The Rock? Me or you? Yeah, whatever. You can go first. I said this is for the true believer in Nick Cage's talent fan. Okay, and why was that your... Because I feel like this is the movie that rewards you. Like, you, if you have been taking up for Nick Cage, like you and I always do, and people are like, yeah, but have you seen National Treasure or whatever they want to hate on? You're like, no, this man is a true talent. Like, this is your reward because this is proof that he is a true talent. I couldn't agree more. I was like, you disagree? No, I, I think that's... <laughs> I'm like, you're just trying to fight with me no, now. No, <laughs> that, that, that would, that would be, be contrarian if I tried to, yes, because... <laughs> so, I had a hard time, because I've kind of been going the Nick Cage something each time, right? Yeah. And I wanted to do like, the like emotional. Like, I was trying to find something to, yeah. to do it that way. Yeah. And I'm actually going to break my running thing, and this is going to be okay. for the impassioned nick cage fan oh yes so much feeling because i'm telling you even if you think you're cold and dead on the inside like sometimes me and rachel feel watching some of these horror films Mm -hmm. uh nine saw movies in a month (laughs) it's a brilliant film I, i i just truly don't know what else to say besides that other than it is just a it's a brilliant film, and it's not what you expect, especially if all you've seen is a trailer. And you're just going to have a really enjoyable time. You'll never look at an empty uh, cast iron skillet again. No. The same no, way. You won't. <laughs> you're going to weep into that empty cast iron skillet. <laughs> so, right now, our rankings go The Rock, Valley Girl, Family Man, Racing with the Moon, Prisoners of Ghostland, and The Best of Times. Mm-hmm. We have an asterisk next to The Rock because. As of right now, we believe that that will be a definitive film that you'll have to watch in order to yes to to really grasp Cage. Still agree with that. I do. The asterisk stays in my. I opinion. agree. We had a movie where we saw Cage show us the talent that was there, and that was Racing with the Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a little bit lower because Cage isn't the the forefront. That's that's Sean Penn's yeah. movie, like, yeah. Um, however, this is Cage's world to shine in. This is Cage giving us again. I have, I don't even know if I've seen it unedited, or from front to back. The what was the one he won leaving Las Vegas? That's what we got the Academy Award for, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen that unedited and like front to back. I, I'm almost positive I haven't. Okay, and. So I assume we're going to see top-tier Dick Cage acting in that, even though I think that movie is kind of like, yes. like a little bit unhinged, too. Yeah. From what I remember. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's someone that is 
partying himself to death. So, so I think that I don't think it's going to be subtle, quiet conversations. Yeah, I, I think that there is a <laughs> chance <toast>. my thoughts <laughs> might change, and I'm curious to see what you think. But I believe not only does Pig deserve an asterisk, I think it might yes. go above the rock because I am more of a like I similar to why I was pushing for racing with the moon to be higher. I like good acting performances, and even though I love the rock, I mean I picked it for my birthday. Mm-hmm. This movie was amazing. I was really blown away yeah. by every aspect of it. So I would be cool putting it at one or two. Um, but I do think right now, as far as the best cage performance we have gotten, I think this is it. At least for the oh, performances that for I sure. prefer. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this to me is a career-defining performance up there with things, that, like you said, that we're going to get into. Yeah. Yeah, I've been waffling as well. Like, I knew for sure that it belonged in the top two spots. And I'm, like, waffling back and forth between the two because I'm, like, okay, maximum cage. And this is so restrained that, like, we're not getting a volume of cage. And that's the question, right? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, but, like, honestly, like, you're, you're, because I'm so on the fence, I'm happily swayed to put this in the top spot because... it yeah, is. It's, it is on my Mount Rushmore. Of I, I agree. Like, I don't think it's in the top two, and I, I think that the Rock and Pig will be up there for a while. There are some that I think are going to fight and fight for those top four spots, like the the, the final mm-hmm. four. But with that being said, it's just like if I'm being honest, what I like the most yeah. when I sit and watch movies are like performances. I, I want to see a thespian give me everything. And this movie has all that. And we talked about The Rock. I love The Rock. I've seen The Rock a tons of times. It's the reason why I, wouldn't, I wanted to do science. But if I'm going to be honest with myself and talk about a movie that I think is better and a better performance from Cage, and if I were to say, do you want to see why people like Nick Cage and why people say he's a great actor? Watch this. I yeah. think I would say, yeah. if you want to see why Nick Cage is a great actor, I think I would say watch Pig. I, I would definitely say watch Pig over The Rock. Yeah. I mean, I would say at this point, rent both of these. <laughs> when I'm thinking about the Mount Rushmore at the end, I kind of want to see it almost like a spectrum. Like, on, yes. Like George Washington is like one end of cage and pig is on the, or, uh, you know, Teddy. Uh, Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Like, I kind of want to see. So, like, I feel like right now we would have Nick Cage or The Rock would be on George Washington and Lincoln would be pig. Yeah. And the, there'll be a couple more in between, yep. right? That, like, show this full spectrum of him so i think they absolutely belong in the top two spots i say let's put it in number one because at the end of the day i don't think the rock is going to be number one but there's a chance that we might feel like the pig that pig i would agree with that because i think that there are two 90s films that will beat the rock so i think i think that's the way to think yeah con Con air and face off are coming (laughs) right exactly exactly Right? <laughs> so I think, you know, and then there's also like moonlighting mm-hmm. and, or, Leaving you know, Las so Vegas. there's, 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 so I do feel like, I think Pig's got to take number one. I think one. so too. I, I think what you, yeah, I, I, had, think to, what I you, had to talk it through, but, but I feel good about the, it the now. the journey, right? I think that's a really good point because yeah. I think you're right. Again, even though I love The Rock, there are better there versions are of that cage. Con Air and Face Off, I imagine, will knock down The, the Rock. I mean, 
Con Air. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's so good. He's got those long locks. <laughs> it's going to be. Oh, man. We have such such sights to see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't you love that you now get that I reference? I do. I do. <laughs> and, I, I, and I do want to clarify, uh, Adam Arkin was Jamie Lee Curtis's boyfriend in Halloween H2O. I was correct. There you go. Boom. Do not question Larry on <laughs> trivia about Halloween. That is the takeaway. <laughs> he is untouchable. It is. It is my, well, that and scream. So, Okay. We're going okay. to wrap this up, head on into the closing, yes. and then uh, get things moving. All right, Rachel. So I told everybody that when we were meeting during The Rock, I was going to do some research and try to figure out what's coming next. Yes. Yes. Scientist does research. It's not going to be Birdie. Oh. From what I've okay. seen online, uh, and I found a couple web pages talking about it. The Cotton Club, okay. which came out before Birdie, has three okay. main narrative arcs. One of those okay. arcs belongs to Cage. Okay. It's like the third, like a third rule. Like as long as he's a th- yeah. the top third, we'll, we'll go for it. Um, And it's going to be very interesting because it's Coppola. Oh, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's going also costumes. <laughs> yes, this looks like it's going to be a very in- interesting movie. So Birdie will be after that because as soon as you told me that Roderick was in it too, I was like, oh, let's go. But uh, right, Cotton Club will be the next entry. So if you're playing along, make sure you watch that. Feel free to send us in emails if you have seen it or if you have thoughts on it. I'm speaking of emails, Rachel. Do we have anything for this week? one okay yeah we did actually get one from peter who has written us in the past okay rachel we'll go ahead and read what does peter have to say all right so peter has some random ideas sure he said you could start pulling elements from the current cage movie being reviewed as a bingo as bingo card worthy not actually build a card but more in the vein of put that on a t-shirt statement simple quick moving on okay we don't talk Okay. Uh, a mini segment, again, using the current Cage movie performance, suggests a recasting of a different movie actor that the performance would work perfectly in, seriously, for or for yucks. Either could be entertaining. For example, which Cage would you cast to take on Keanu's role in Coppola's Dracula? Okay, that's actually kind of fun. Um, for a bigger conversation, maybe try and recast Cage with someone else. Maybe pull a different Cage performance from a different movie instead. Would Mandy's Cage work in Prisoners of Ghostland? The answer to that, Peter, is yes. <laughs> <laughs> You could actually brush up on that last notion already when comparing types of his performances. That's interesting. That might be kind of a fun yeah. A little mini segment, or at least something we could include in a bonus. Absolutely, episode. we were talking about bonus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we might be stealing some ideas, yes, Peter. Thank you. TM, TM. Brainstorming is lovely. <laughs> and then, lastly, he says listeners would probably want to see the growing spreadsheet of cage rankings. Don't know if there's an easy way to display that, especially as you keep adding to it. Maybe this is better as a Patreon thing. Thank you, Peter. So. We can easily do that um, because it's a Google Sheet yeah. and I can make it so that it's only viewable. We do that for Here's Johnny, right? We have our master yes. lists. If you have a website, we can just embed the hyperlink. Yeah. Or on if you want to just keep it in Discord, we can even put it somewhere and pin it so that people can access it 
I mean, it's up to you. Maybe we should do both. Okay. I think we should do both. I think we should definitely put it on Patreon and then, or not Patreon, sorry, Discord, yeah. and then we can totally put it on, um, on the Zombie Girls website if people want to. Yeah, I think, I think we definitely can. I guess I mean, it's super simple. It's already ready to go. All we have to do is just embed yeah. the link. I'll add it to the little. I'll add it to the little like menu bar at the okay. top of the website. Let me. Because in there too, they'll be able to see. Uh, They'll be able to see also the filmography we're basing off of too, so they can see like what's what's still to come, and what's coming next. I apologize for my typing. If you can hear it at home, that is me adding this idea. To I the can't list, hear it, so. so I doubt they can. I got a flossy new laptop. It's got a quiet uh, keyboard. That was my humble brag. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have a conversation about uh, Apple here in a little bit. I think. Uh oh. We are? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know if I'm prepared for this. <laughs> All right. So if you'd like to submit your own Nick Cage artwork, guys, please feel free to send it in to us. We want we want to see your skills. It can be scrapped on a piece of paper. It can be done in Microsoft Paint. It can be done in Adobe. Whatever you want to do, we want to see how you draw the thespian that is Mr. Cage. And if you want to send thespian, us an email correct. on your thoughts on the films or your thoughts on our reviews or your thoughts on whatever we think that you think we're wrong about, trust me, I'm wrong a lot. You want to send that to Nick Cage at zombiegirls, that's G-R-R-L-Z dot com. Rachel, any yeah. last thoughts? Just that I'm continuing to have a blast. This is super, super fun. And my cage, I thought my cage fandom had peaked, but there is still room to grow. There's still room to grow. There's a lot of, I think, areas, I know for myself in particular, where I'm kind of blind. Like the 80s cage is a lot of stuff I don't know about. Uh, some of the mid-2000s mm-hmm. I also fell off on, so... There's a lot of stuff to kind of get through, so I'm very excited about what's all to come. <laughs> yeah, some of it's going to be getting and, through. <laughs> and, and, and right now we are kind of following in um, cinematic release order, but as soon as we get a release date for what's the new one that's coming out, Rachel? The, the old way? No, no, um, like unbearable that. weight of massive talent. Oh yes, how could I forget that one? Oh my god, I can't yeah, as wait. As we, it, it, we're not going to do all of his new releases right away, but ones that are like that. Uh, we'll definitely yeah, we gotta we gotta yeah, we'll definitely get bumped in there so also my pedro pascal love has no bounds <laughs> he's a yes Omega. all right any last Zaddy. thoughts nope that's right, it guys Let's wrap thanks it up. for listening and for patrons stick around and hang out until the extended episode see ya bye everybody Welcome to the extended episode. <laughs> I always forget to do that. I always just figure if they stuck around, they know it's coming. But it's probably best <laughs> to do it that way. Yes. It's mostly just for the teaser. So oh, that's <laughs> right. I forgot that I do a little, little bit of it for the for the barnacles. Yeah. Um, ah! <laughs> so the fourth thing this week is I owed Rachel two episodes of the television show Servant. And Rachel yes. owed me two episodes of Last Chance You. I am very certain that I talked about um, Yellow Jackets first last time. So I'm going to give the floor to you. Um, As someone who has seen Cheer, who's kind of into the melodrama that can be there with sports. Yes. What did you think? I enjoyed this. I am saddened 
<laughs> but I also thought it was it has the thing that I'm looking for in any sort of sports product, which is the human human not drama. I guess it is technically human drama, but like the human yes. element. I'm not as into the sportsy sports part of it.